It's Thursday again, tell everybody to lock in Grab some popcorn, a drink, and go and throw your AirPods in It's a one-hour show, constantly speaking facts Bulletproof stats are always shooting from Matt And when it comes to Kyle, you getting numbers and style Jake is gonna educate you, he has that knowledge on fire Player, step your game up, don't be sluggish or lazy Or Jimmy J might hit you with a shaky baby Catch him on YouTube or any podcast platform Breaking all the news down like Shaq does the backboards No hot takes, this is where the hottest debate's at Now kick your feet up, cause it's time for Straight Facts What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. Season two, episode five. Five, five episodes in the season two, y'all. It's a little, little mini milestone for us, you know, back in the studio and everything. Jake Galley, Stat Matt Robinson, y'all know it, who it normally is. But it's a special episode today because we it got is. the first guest of season two. First guest of season two, my guy, Cody Slanger from Clutch Sports and, and Chris Johnson Hoops, man. Thank you for joining us, my guy. Appreciate you coming on the sure. podcast. No doubt, no doubt. I appreciate you guys having me for sure. 100%. And then, you know you know the show you coming on, bro. You know the show you coming We drop nothing but the straight facts. So are you ready for that? Because we don't, we don't tread lightly into this thing, man. We don't tread lightly into this thing. Man. Right, right. Yeah, I, I'm here to deliver that for sure. I got the facts. I got the facts. Uh, we like to hear. As I say, he's right. <laughs> fits okay. right in. Fits fits right in. All right, let, let, let's get right into this thing, then, man. I I I I dropped a little nugget at the beginning that you work with Clutch Sports and um and Chris Johnson and everybody. But I want to yeah. give you an opportunity to tell the people out there exactly what you do, who you are, what why why you know we should pay attention to your basketball knowledge because I know you've got some, man. Right, for sure. Um, so yeah. Um, pretty much a lifetime hooper. Played basketball my whole life. Uh, I played other sports as well. I played baseball and uh, football. I stopped playing around like ninth, tenth grade. I wish I would have played a little longer, but I had to focus on the hoops or whatever. But um, yeah, ended up playing in high school, Upper Darby High School, um, big public school in Delaware County. Um, if you guys heard of it, um, then went on to play. I'm from Upper Darby. Oh really? Okay, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so ties out here. that's my grandpa's alma mater. There you go. Yeah, we got we ties, bro. We got around ties. the way. <laughs> so I know a little something about Abu Dhabi for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Played there, uh, then went on to play four years at the sales of Division Three school in Center Valley, PA. Um, if you've never went there, heard of it or seen it, you probably never heard of it. I didn't hear of it until they recruited me. Um, and then after my four years there. I wanted to go play professionally, so I went to a showcase and played out in uh, Vegas. And I thought I played really well, um, but wasn't really getting any type of, you know, interest, no recognition, nothing. So um, I had nobody representing me at the time. So, you know, I kind of just kind of swayed me away from the game a little bit um, as far as, like, pursuing that professional dreams. But I still wanted to stay around it. So, you know, I got into the coaching. I got into training. And that's what kind of um, – you know, the training, the training wave is kind of what led me out here to come out to California, try to push and try to find more opportunities. Contacted Chris Johnson. Um, they actually got back to me that same day, right? Because he has like this text community number. So I reached out to him on there, got back to me the same day, said they like my resume and all that stuff. Long story short, they had me come in. Um, and then from then on, it was just a, a perfect kind of match um, for what I was trying to do. Um, just learning the game, training. Uh, doing things of that nature, and I was just around 
you know, pro athletes every day. And it was just, it became a lifestyle. <laughs> right, right. That, that's dope. And I want to go back to, to, you know, you say you played at the sales and afterwards, you know, thought you went to a showcase, thought you played well. So right. Talk about that journey real quick. Because I feel like that's, that's, the, that's the journey for a lot of D2, D3 hoopers where either they're trying to go to a showcase, go overseas. And then when it don't work out, they're trying to, they're, they're, they're stuck figuring out, like, how do I continue my love for the game? But, but, you know, I'm not going to where I thought. So, so talk about how right. you got through that. What were the best avenues and everything? Cause I think there's gems in there for sure. Right. So actually it all came back full circle. So um, at that time, like I said, I had nobody really representing me. So, you know, I spent a good amount of money going out to Vegas, you know, getting the hotel and all that. And I, like I said, I thought I played well was really getting no, you know, type of recognition. So I'm like, okay, um, you know, you have that pressure from the family. It's like, okay, you got to make a living, right? You can't, you know, you can't like hold on to this dream for so long. So for me, I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to stay around the game as much as I can. I worked at the Wells Fargo Center. So I was like front and center, watch Sixers games, things of that nature. And then I was coaching at my high school. I was training kids on the side, doing things like that, just to kind of stay around the game. But yeah, mentally it was frustrating because it's, you know, something I love to do. And I was, I went from playing every day to then it being like an occasional thing. So uh, it was, it was definitely a tough process, I would say, but it kind of, like I said, it kind of led full circle. And I didn't really finish it all up here, which the, the route with Chris kind of me being in the gym with all these guys kind of swayed me. And I'm kind of like, look, I got to a point where I'm like, I should be playing right now. So that's where my you know focus is right now, actually training myself, um, getting myself ready to go play professionally overseas. So it did all come back full circle because now being in the gym with these guys and seeing, you know, not not necessarily saying I was playing the greatest, but seeing what I can do and what I have the capability of doing. Um, I decided, you know, I want to continue playing, but yeah, it was definitely frustrating throughout those years, but it's kind of cool how it, like I said, it came back full circle. That sound like it. Bro. Oh, where you going to play overseas, bro? You kind of, kind of threw that in there all nonchalant <laughs> real quick, over. but you're a pro hooper, pro hooper now. Where you going to play? I, I, so I haven't really revealed this to many people. Obviously the people like closest to me know that I'm pursuing, but right now, um, like I was saying before, I had nobody really, no agent, nothing like that. But now I have a whole team behind me, you know, being around Chris, meeting a couple guys, made some calls for me. You know what I'm saying? Now I have some people, a team behind me actively looking for jobs, actively looking for, you know, for a market that I can, you know, find myself in. But the thing is just finding that right fit, that right fit. A lot of clubs are interested, but it's more so like, you know, what's that hiatus? Why do you take that three-year break? You know what I'm saying? So just trying to make team. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see I post more, you know, more uh, more clips of me working out, things of that nature, um, just to kind of show that I'm still active. Uh, but that's pretty much the thing here. Just within the next couple months here, I don't have an exact club or team or country that I'm going to and know I'm going to, but, you know, teams are interested and I just got to, you know, stay ready. My job is just be, you know, ready when that opportunity presents itself. Of course. Yeah, that's awesome. Quiddy, and I can really relate to that whole like wanting to be around the game. Uh, my path was a little different. I was never good at basketball, but uh, I, I love sports. I love competition. Busted my ACLs. And now, you know, the way the avenue that I found was talking about right. the game. So obviously, Jake got no knees. Jake walk around with no knees. Yeah, been, been, no <laughs> knees since like knees. I'm like an old man from like 16 years old. It's crazy. Oh, man. One of them. But, uh, mm. I guess my, my, my question is now, so you, you make this big jump, you go over to the West Coast, uh, and your dreams are starting to be actualized with Chris Johnson, which is great to hear. Um, what would you say is, whether on the court, off the court, one of the most valuable things that you've learned in this whole experience? 
I mean, I'd say for sure, just the, as cliche as this sounds, just the dedication and that focus, having the discipline, the structure to do the same thing every single day, no matter what, you know, no matter what's happening outside, no matter, you know, what's, whatever's going on in your life, just making sure you're putting in that time every single day. Um, I think it's just shown that, you know, even at the highest level, so you know what I'm saying, Chris Johnson is training, you know, all guys that are in the NBA, playing professionally, uh, training to, you know, pre-draft guys, guys that are about to get drafted. So it's all the top level guys and just seeing that routine, seeing the discipline, not only from the athletes, obviously they're coming and putting in the work, but from, you know, from Chris, from the guys, the trainers in there, having that discipline, having that focus to be up five, be in the gym, 545, you know, get your day started say every day, every day. It's a grind. So like I said, I'll be going to tell people like a lot of people say, oh yeah, I'm proud of you. Like, yeah, it's cool. All that stuff is cool. But when you really see the grind, it's like, no, you're really in there. You know what I'm saying? So I've, I just, I've learned that the discipline, the focus is what, you know, takes you to the next level because it's just about that gradual improvement. That's the main thing I um, can take away from it, I'd say. Right. And it's, it's like a no days off thing in there, right? Like they're, nope. they're not in there playing around. Nope. No. Practice um, makes perfect. There's a reason why it's been there forever. Yeah, For sure. And that's. So who's you? Who's up? Who's your favorite pro athlete that you've worked for, worked with? Um, okay, so the thing is, all right, so favorite, uh, let me see. I can't really say it's a favorite. Multiple. Yeah, okay, so there's, there's a lot of guys that it's really just like a moment where you're like, yo, like, you know, obviously I watch you on TV, but it's like more like, all right, so like Rondo, Rajon Rondo was one of those things where like growing up, as I grew into like my, I guess, natural body, I'm about 6'1", six, 6'2", six, I got a long wingspan. So we have like similar body types. So I've always wanted to see like in person, you know what I'm saying? Like what it would be like if I'm taller than him, than my arm, you know what I mean? Because they always raised about how big his hands are, how long his arms were, things of that nature. So, you know, being able to just get on the court with him, right? Um was it's just it was like a surreal moment so like like i said i'm not saying he's my favorite player or favorite but it's just like something like that was real cool um obviously the sixers guys being obviously out here in philly from philly tyrese Maxey was dope to work out with i played a lot of you know two on twos with him um zaire wade d wade's son and uh one other trainer yeah it was dope uh we were playing for like a week you know had them you know, working out. And then obviously Ben was in there and you guys know that, but, um, we'll get to that, man. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. get to that. Trust me. No, that's going we'll to get to So if, let me give you like two more people. I'd say, if I say favorite, um, I like, I like the young guys, but I'm going to go with the league guys. I think, uh, Jordan Bell, I gotta give Jordan Bell a shout out. JB is like just a real okay. cool dude. Yeah, just like a real cool, chill dude. It's like when you're working out with somebody, you kind of go off the vibe of them. And he's one of those dudes where it's like you're just – it's a good time. You know what I'm saying? You put in the work, but you also enjoy yourself. Right, right. Mm-hmm. There, there's no one that's having you like awestruck. Like you, you – I mean, I guess you can't, right? Because you, you work with like a professional training team. So no one no one can get you that. But, but man, you know, uh, Ron, Ben, no, no one walked to the gym. You was like, damn, that's, so, that's really – Excellent. Yeah, right, right. So D Wade was a little bit like that, but I kind of it just you know I've I already trained his, with his son at that at that time, so it was kind of like I, I figured at some point he would be in there. But there was one time um, we would, so we go train at 
it's now just called the Sports Academy. It was called the Mamba Sports Academy when Kobe built it. Um, but we would go train up at there. And the one day we walked in there and another trainer, he actually he's actually a coach for the Lakers now. His name is Phil Handy. He's like one of the top dudes in the world training. Yeah, right? yeah. Yep. And Phil was training uh, THT, Taylor Horton Tucker, and J. Cole. Like on the same court we were about to train on. And I'm looking over. I'm like, is that, is that Cole? Like, and then he is that your man? Right, right, right. So long story short, Cole, you know, you know, uh, Phil comes over to Chris because he's they're cool just from back in the day. They coached together. And THT also trained with Chris at some point. So he came over. So just one of those things where Cole's the only person on the other side of the gym. And he was like, that's just weird. So he just ended up coming over to our side and talking to everybody. He like dab me up. It's like I'm Cole. I'm like, bro, I know who you are. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, that was dope. Seeing Cole, uh, that's to answer your question. J. Cole, that was that was crazy. That's, that's the one. That, that was crazy, yeah. I mean, you you kept it together, bro, because there's probably there's probably a lot that I'd be starstruck. No, nah, I mean, bro, the thing about it is once you do it and once you're in it and you're living it, it just becomes like the life. You know what I mean? Like even dudes like Rich Paul. Like, I'll see Rich Paul four or five times a week. You know what I mean? Like, and at first it's like, oh, my God, that's LeBron's agent, which is cool. It's dope. You know what I'm saying? But then when it just becomes like, these are just people, you just like, yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's Rich. You start calling him Rip. That's, that's Rip over there. That's Rip. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny. Jake trying to keep it together. Jake got, Jake got beef with Rich Paul. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, they, 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 you know, he, he got a little beef. I feel that name is Say it again. I said I threw that name in there on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I know you did. I know you did. I know you did. To, to bring it back though, you talked about how you like the young guys. You worked with a lot of young guys in this draft. Right. Then a few Brandon Boston, uh, Kai yeah. Jones, and, and to drop some names for for the people at home. Let them know that you really be in this. You really be in this mix, Quiddy. Oh yeah, sure. Which one, of, which one of the guys from this previous draft? You know, they're coming in, about to be a rookie now. Which which one's got it? Which one did you work out and you were like that? You know, watch out for that boy. See, it's hard to not be biased just being with them for three months or three, four months every day and not thinking they all have a chance. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I look at them and I'm like, they all have a chance, right? But um, I can say a little of a way they all kind of still like Jalen Johnson is like a 6'9, 6'10. Uh, he moves, he always reminded the way he just moves, he moves like Ben. I'm not saying he plays like Ben, but he has like, that same agile, big, you know, big type prospect <clears throat> and can really handle the ball and really creative passer for his height. And then he can, you know, he can score. So he's obviously developing as a scorer, but he just, you know, has a complete uh, foundation. He just has to build on that. He already has an NBA type body. So Jalen for sure. Brandon Boston, who actually uh, kind of got slept on because yeah, he didn't really have the greatest year at Kentucky, but uh I mean, he can just he can just score the ball. Like that's at the, when you get to the league, that's really just what it comes down to. Like explosive mm-hmm. matchups, being able to put the ball in the basket, and that's what B does, man. It's just like you know, like when I'm saying when you say yeah, being there, like I used to be, we used to play threes, four. We play threes, fours on you know Thursday, Fridays, where we really playing. And like B's type of kid, where it's like you can really have a move locked up, you on it, and then he type he's like a Nick Young type, will just make Jr. Smith, where he just make uh, the unorthodox move and get their shot off and make it. So I think Brandon Boston is actually going to be a real good player for the Clippers too. Um, Kai Jones, uh, 6'10", 6'11", run up and down the court, and he went, to the, he went to the Hornets. So he should thrive there, you know, once he fills out, gets a bigger frame. 
goes into his body. But yeah, those three for sure. Um, I do have to mention Terrence Clark. Rest in peace to him. He passed away. We were he was also with that group. Um, really energetic kid. Had a great like liveliness to him. He was going to be a really good player too. So definitely condolences to his family and stuff. But yeah, all those guys, I love that group, bro. And I was like, also me, like really taking that step to really train on this level. And I'm kind of learning with them. You know what I mean? That's kind of what it was. So it was dope, man. 6 a.m. <laughs> 6 a.m. mornings, getting shots up, man. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's brutal, but it's, it's it's the grind. You gotta love that. You you gotta love the grind to get up like that. And and you mentioned like uh, once again, you know, rest in peace to, to Terrence Clark. Condolences to his friends and his family. Did, did you have a relationship with T. Clark? Did you did you know him personally? Did you know him outside of kind of being with Clutch Sports and everything? Right. So no, I didn't um, originally. But he's one of those kids where it's two three days, and then you're like friends. You feel like you've known him for a while, right? So. He probably was with us for about like a month, a month and a half before the accident happened. And just like very ironically, like his last workout, um, you know, like we do like we end our workouts with 25 free throws. So he shot his 25 free throws. I'm rebounding for him. So I'm literally I literally give him his you know last free throw, you know, dap is like this is when I was leaving to dap his family up, you know, dap his family up, tell his mom and all that, you know, I'll see you guys tomorrow and all that, just like the regular routine, but then it happens. So it, it was it was just it was crazy how tragic it was. One second, you know, you're here, the second you're the next second you're not. But um to say I had a prior relationship with him, yeah, we were just starting to kind of build that, you know, trainer client bond because like we were in the gym yeah. with each other, right? So um it's a crazy uh, situation, but um, yeah, he he was, he was a really good kid, and um, his best friend Brandon Boston actually is his best friend. I think like I saw that look in his eye, like B is really going to like strive off of this just because he wanted he wants it that much more now. So um, just one of those situations, man. Life ain't fair, but you know it is what it is, right? Yeah, I saw, I saw you guys did your best to kind of commemorate him and all the workouts. The, the you know, got the five and the clock on the back of all the shirts and everything. You guys all took sure. a picture. It was it was it was a really good moment, a really good way to to, to honor him. And like you know, like we said, rest in peace. Right. Um, is, it, is it time, Jamie? We 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 stalled long enough. We we stalled long enough bringing up this week. Yeah, we we got to talk about it. We got to break it over. Yeah, we got we got to break it over. We got to break it over. Awesome. But, but as a such span, you did honest, man. Yeah, Quiddy, look, and, and also, honestly, <laughs> Quiddy, I, I know this, this must eat at you as, like, a Philly guy, and you are one of the only people on earth that could speak to this um, because when the Ben Simmons workout video surface every year, they give people, you know, hope that he's going to come into the season with a, a new attitude and new demeanor. They give y'all hope. They don't, oh, give, right. every, they they don't give everybody They don't give everybody The delusional Sixers fans right, like right, right. That's it. Keep it Surely they should give us hope. They don't give any other fan base hope. Why would everybody got <laughs> yeah, exactly. us uh, like that? Come on, let's not do that. But yeah, so I, I guess the question is, I mean, give an honest, fair assessment of what you've seen in terms of Ben Simmons' work ethic and improving his game. Okay, so, so I was probably in the gym with Ben five, six times, right? I think it was over a course of two, three weeks. Um, and he's in there. He works. Um, he's he's very, I want to say, when I was with them, when I was with them, I guess his he was recovering from some type of 
quad or something. So he would he was a little bit methodical in his movements, um, kind of just getting back into the flow of it. But he's in there working on the game. The shot, obviously, is what everybody wants to know about. Um, the shot, like being in the gym with him, just being able to you know watch it and over and over the reps. Decent shooter, right? I'm not gonna sit here and be like this dude is. Steph or Clay, but he's a decent shooter to the point where it shouldn't be, you know, no shots attempt. Things of that nature in the fourth quarter and just disappearing like that. So I think everything, all that part of it is just a mental block for him where he's never really taken that role. And for him to actually grasp it and take that stride of being like a, a consistent scorer for a basketball team. It's something he just hasn't been able to 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 conquer. You know what I mean? So as far as like the jump shot, like threes, mid range, you know, fades in the post, um, pull up mid range, catch and shoot three. Like he can make it, he can make it all, right? And they told me they want. Let's see where we seen it. We seen it. We seen it. Like where'd it go, man? Where, where, where's it go? I think in a workout, it's very different than an NBA game because his free throw percentage has never been good. And that's a really good mark of how you can determine how good a shooter is. That's true. That's true, for sure. But the thing about the workout process is it's about with Ben, he's in such a different case because he doesn't shoot. It's not like he doesn't. He's not like he shoots and he's shooting a bad percentage. He just doesn't shoot. So shoot. We don't even know if he would be a – 48% mid-range shooter and a 35% three-point shooter. We don't even know because he doesn't even put those shots up. So it's not – I would not, so take what I take away from this, I'll never watch him play basketball again and be like, oh, this dude can't shoot. Like, Ben can't shoot. That's why he's not shooting. It's just like, no, he hasn't break, broken that mental hurdle. And I'm pretty sure – I don't know where you guys stand with it and as far as if you want him here. I know he requested out and all that. I kind of saw it all coming. But I'm scared – what happens when he goes elsewhere and he just like is like, all right, like let me just start trying and season it works. You know what I mean? So 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 trying, that's a big word. The, the word try. Cause that's cause cause a lot of Philly fans think he's not trying. You've been in the gym with them. Like is it a lack of effort or is it is it all mental? Like is is he not getting these shots up when during the training sessions, or is it literally straight so like Yeah, so like so how I want to put it is like, you know, we're, with how we work on our with Chris on his level is he has packages, so he has he has a certain amount of shots guys shoot every day. That's just the standard, and he's getting those shots up. You know what I'm saying? Some guys shoot more than others, depending on how you want to work on your game and what parts of your game you need to work on. But he's getting those shots up, and then obviously a lot of the emphasis is just taking and making shots, you know, shooting from the right pocket and being comfortable shooting off the bounce and shooting uh, off the catch, things of that nature. So he's he's getting the reps. He's getting the reps to answer your question. He's getting the reps. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, it's mental. You know, I've kind of said it a couple times before, but I'm not going to – I'm not a psychologist, but like, it's mental. But you can kind of make your assessment off that. He's getting the reps, and he knows what he needs to do when the season starts, and we see what he does. So – they, they teach you how to answer these questions over there. They teach me because that that's very, very yeah. diplomatic. Very, I'm gonna answer the question, not give you too much. Man. PR school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They teach you how to answer these questions over there. Man. Listen, I'm not gonna be like Joel and throw them under the bus. So, can't. But, but one thing, one thing about Joel's press conference, he was speaking facts, though. Was he not? 
Was he not? We all, a, we all, know, we all know the turning point of Game Seven was 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 someone didn't dunk the ball. He talked about a whole it. sequence. It wasn't just one moment. And then he said, and then they hit a three on the other end, and then I turned the ball over. What did he start with though, Matt? What did what, what was what was in big bold letters? That's because they cut it off. Uh, hey man, was, right there. Was, they, exactly, exactly. What we what we practice best. But he was speaking facts, Quiddy. That moves us to our our next segment. We like to do it with all of our guests. We call it. Speaking facts. So I'm, we're going to hit you with a bunch of quotes from the NBA landscape. A lot of them is going to be previewing this next season for the NBA. Simple, man. You got to tell us if they're speaking facts and, and why or why not. All right? Cool. Got you. Let's, let's get it popping. First one is, is Zion Williamson. All right? This, this is a long one. And speaking um, about his Pelicans, he said, we weren't in the playoffs, and I'm watching the playoffs. I'm like, man, we can be there. Man, something just looks just took over me, and I was like, "Yeah, it's not happening again. It's not happening no more." Talking about him watching the playoffs now, Quiddy is is Zion speaking facts? Are the Pelicans able to make the playoffs this season? This year, damn. Hmm. Man, what would they finish like? I mean. I like the mentality. I can say that, <laughs> um, but the West is the West is. Yeah, I can tell you, they were thirty-one and forty-one last year. They were twenty-nine and thirty in games where Zion played, and they blew fourteen double-digit leads. Yeah, so it's one. Uh, that's not a that's not a playoff recipe. If I see one, that's not it's a playoff recipe. So it's going to come down to him being healthy. It's going to come down to Bi just being what he was last year, or even taking another step. Like they don't have. I don't know. Who's their – I mean, Zoe left, so they don't really have that. So, I'd say – say that's Cat. I don't He's not speaking. That's Cat. They're not making the playoffs this year. They'd probably be in that 9, probably that 10 to 12 range or whatever. But they'd be – Right, and under- no play no play in tournament this year, so it's, just, it's back to the regular playoff <laughs> format. So, is, he, is he speaking facts? Is he speaking facts? Uh, so – I just do want to say they did bring in Devontae Graham, who I like his game. I think he adds a little bit more of an offensive element uh, compared yeah. to what Lonzo brought to them. Mm-hmm. Also, they uh, they swapped out Steven Adams for Jonas Valanciunas. And if you guys remember, I had my man JV, third-team All-NBA last year. I'm a big JV fan. Um, so anything could happen at the bottom of the West is what I'll say. I'm not right. going to say he is completely capping here. <laughs> I'm kind of gonna ride the fence. I don't know if I'm allowed to do that. What's your? I don't, I don't know if. I mean, it's it's like it's. I'll say he's speaking facts. facts. I'm, I'm, it's, 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 it's not. Oh, ride with the mentality. Ride with the. If you yeah, think he's speaking facts on the mentality, ride yeah. with the mentality. New head coach too. And he hated yeah. Stan, he, yeah. which is weird so because Stan Van Gundy. They got a good ball. shot at making the playoffs. I think they're a playing game team. He's too old school though. Apparently. That's what I'm. Too old school. And you could have seen that a mile away too. I mean, I don't know, man. Because because. The Van Gundys, as, as quirky as they can be, great basketball minds. And if, if I'm Zion, you're smiling at me, but like, there's a great basketball. You can't tell I don't me Jeff Van Gundy, different Van Gundy than the one Coach Zion, but Jeff Van Gundy's looking at you, complaining about God. I can't take him seriously. I can't take him seriously. Jeff, I can't. Nah. <laughs> I like Jeff. If there could be a Van Gundy cast for NBA games, like yeah, oh, for... no, please, no. <laughs> we, we need it. <laughs> we need to. We need to get. Speaking, off speaking, game, speaking of speaking of people talking on TV, Uncle Kendrick. Uncle Kendrick always oh, got say, always got something to say. And he he be he be the voice of the streets on ESPN sometimes. This one was on the jump. He's talking about my, my center, DeAndre Ayton. I don't really like what he had to say, man. You're a son. He said, DeAndre, you got the way. You, you, I know you ain't forget that, man. I know you ain't forget that. I like that. Like that. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, so yeah. He, he talked about the, he talked about DeAndre. He said DeAndre and has earned his money. The Phoenix Suns didn't hesitate to pay to pay Chris Paul at 37 years old, but now they're hesitant to pay the former number one overall draft pick. Give this man his money. He deserves his money. Then he probably said, "Carry the hell on," because that's what <laughs> that's what Kendrick Perkins does. But is Quiddy? Is he speaking facts? Da wants that max. The Suns don't want to give him that max. Does he deserve his money? Is KP speaking facts? So, has Book signed an extension? Has Book signed? An book, book has an extension. Book has an extension yeah. on the books. I mean, yeah, they have to max. I mean, they already have CP maxed out with his contract. I, yeah, he is speaking facts. I mean, if you want to keep that core, if you value DeAndre Ugin, you have to pay him. If if you feel you can go otherwise, go small ball and bring somebody else in, then I guess not. But if you if the I think DeAndre Ugin has to be a part of that core. He played really well in the playoffs last year, really well in the playoffs last year. Leading up, I think he played well in the first couple games of the finals as well. So he already got that experience. He's He's sure he's gonna be one of the best young bigs. Yeah, he's speaking fast. You gotta gotta give him his money. Before before you go, Jake, I agree with you, and I agree with KP. He deserves his money. Why you can't say give that man his money? Why why don't they? KP's just strictly speaking facts on this. Hate to throw salt in the wound, but look at teams who have three players on a max deal. If it goes wrong to get to get rid of a max deal when you when you're strapped for a salary cap like that. Like, teams are hesitant to put themselves in that position and put themselves in that hole. You have to be 100% surefire to sign three, three, three players to a max deal. You just, you just, you got to be surefire. And you're right, Quiddy. DA played well for most of the playoffs and then, and then got to the finals and the back half of that finals got dominated, like, like went, went silent. So I, I think there is where the hesitancy is. Now, if he wants to bring that down under max value money, we might be able to sign you to something. See, here's but that's that's three max. And y'all, y'all, hey man, I'm not, I'm not saying teams are looking at what happened with the Sixers, but I'm saying there's there is a an example of like we we are kind of hesitant to put three people on max on the books. So here's my only thing with like the whole should we sign him, should we not? Number one, there is no coming under the max when Michael Porter Jr. gets the max for like mm. a year and a half of like promising type, you know, play. That's true. I I just think that you went to the NBA Finals. This guy was your number one overall pick. Granted, the guy who made the pick, the the, the GM in the front office is no longer there. But how do you rebuild your team if it's not – like, if you're going to take out Aiton, who are you putting in there? It can't be Frank Kaminsky unless you you don't want to – I mean, we tried. We tried that. That was even worse. It was even worse when DA went down. I just think something like that, you have to value him in the aspect of, like, how – like you just said – even when the whole Ben thing was going around, when the rumors were going to Philly before, it's like everybody wants to trade, but it's like you have to upgrade. Your whole point of a trade is to upgrade your team, not just to stay the same or make it work. You want to be a better team after the trade. So, like, who are you? If you let DeAndre Ayton go, is there five guys, five bigs in the league right now that you'd say you take over him? Probably not, right? So that's where I think the value comes in, just betting on that part of it. In the 2018 draft, the people who have signed a max are Trey Young, Luka, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and Michael Porter Jr. DeAndre Ayton's got to be looking at Michael Porter Jr. and being like, how does he get one before me? Yeah. And the MVP of the season last year, Nikola Jokic, said that he was the hardest player to play against. All that said, don't give him the max. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Baby funny because I almost knew that's Baby where it was going. I almost knew that's where it was going. Um, <laughs> Chris Paul created, made him a monster because Chris Paul makes centers monsters. You can trade him while his value is high. I'm not sure exactly who you can get, um, but if a smart GM can turn it around and not waste a max slot on someone that you could get comparable numbers with on a lower contract because you have Chris Paul. That's that, and that's that's straight up facts. And if there, if there are two GMs who are three GMs who are masterful at flipping picks and flipping players in the league, Sam Presti, James Jones, Daryl Morey, and, and we got one of them. James Jones is in that front office executive of the year. So hey man. That Matt 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 then broke it down just now. I like that. I like that reason. I, I knew there was a reason they're 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 hesitant. And and that's why I go back. Like the straight question, does he deserve it? Like, yeah, he probably deserves, especially if guys like MPJ are in the max. And like, yeah, he he deserves it. I understand from the Suns' point of view why they're hesitant. I completely understand. And just before we move on though, and this is what I'll leave it at. If you're gonna get cheap with Aiden. You got Mikel Bridges coming up too. You're gonna to get cheap with him, and now where's your team at? Like, Mikel's not no max yet, yet though. But Mikel's he's not no max be yet though. Twenty some million. I'm thinking he's running you guys. Like that's, that's no, that's no joke. He Caruso money. Caruso, no, 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 twenty million a year. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm Caruso saying. makes twenty million a year. No, 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 way. no way. 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 twenty million a year. Not twenty million a year. But Crusoe got, you know, Crusoe wishes 70, 90 M's here. on the books. All right, last one. Last one. We're going to coming back home again to Philly. Our guy, all of our guy, Alan Iverson, the answer, got asked about, like, not being a member of the Sixers staff. That, that's something that was, that was kind of in circulation, people wondering why Alan Iverson didn't kind of get that invite or get that job. And he, he answered by saying, I'm a Sixer for life. I got Sixer blood pumping through me. Everybody knows that I want to help that organization. I've been retired, what, 11 years now. I don't know how I'm not a part of that staff in some kind of way. Which Alan Iverson is basically saying I should be on the Sixers staff. So right. Woody, AI speaking facts. Should, should he be on the Sixers staff? I tell you what, that player was on the Sixers staff. There ain't no way Ben Simmons not shooting threes, man. Ain't no way Ben Simmons not shooting threes if that man is on the staff. Quitty. Yeah. Is AI is AI speaking facts? All right, this kind of goes back to answer. He is hundred percent speaking facts. He should be on the staff. I don't know what his role should be. But he should be on the staff. And that's as a, if anything, just being on that staff, traveling with the team, being around the team every day, that goes such a long way. But actually going back to the question you asked about me being starstruck, I used to see him. I saw him a couple times when I was uh, working at the Wells Fargo Center. And yeah, that's the one. That's, that's the one. That's the one. Because you know how it is growing up with it. Like our age group was kind of like we, we were like just seeing AI as we're getting older. And now we're like who I idolize. So like just like – when AI explains how Mike was to him, had an aura around him, that's how AI was. Like he just walked by me, he was probably intoxicated in the moment, but he literally just had this aura around him, like, yo, that's AI. But yes, 100% speaking facts, he should be on the staff. And yeah, all that not shooting stuff would not be happening if you had a dog in the building, like, really talking them dudes up. No, no way. And if there was a position of unk on the staff, that's that's what. Hey, hey, he may not actually do it. He just unk. Like he just there for you. It's unk. you that's unk, bro. I actually agree. Like that's there needs to be some in between. Just some bro. team ambassador kind of thing. Unk. We gonna Jay call it unk. You, you, you whatever form you call it. He unk. 
like, dude, that's a you thing. There's so many guys that are around NBA teams consistently that aren't necessarily a part of the staff. Even the Sixers, right. like when I used to, when I was working out there, like when you're there after the games, you see the players and their families. Like there's certain guys and certain like guys that used to play for the team in the past that are always around the team, and I feel like he should have one of those type of roles. Like he should be talking to the team once, twice, three times a week, like just keeping them sharp. Yeah, yeah. I I just don't think he could be like an official, either assistant coach, head coach, because, I mean, he, he said it himself. My man's just not like practice. So I don't know. Like, yeah. he'd be, like, he'd be great for the stars, great for Joel, great for kind of, like you guys said, uh, inspiring the players. But, like, in terms of running practice, stuff like that, I think that's better left to whoever. Right, right. And, and, and we said on the staff. We didn't right, say right, assi- right. not assistant coach, sure. not in. No, I think he trainer. definitely should be involved in some way. But, but if you – when he does show up to practice, you gonna let Unc on the court. Like there's there's no way he's not gonna be on the court. And and he was young, man. Like 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 if you listen to everything when AI, whenever AI talks about that interview, whenever AI talks about that day, he always talks about like, should I have gone to practice? Like, should I have been going to practice? Yes. Like I'm remorseful for that. All he asks us is to consider the entire context of why he was talking about that, which he was talking about that because he had just come off a crazy season. They got bounced in the playoffs. He, again, had no help. And while he went out there and had another MVP-like season, the first thing he got asked about is, do you think it was because you didn't go to practice? And, by the way, his best friend died like two days before that game. So the, all, right. like, all that culminated is why he, he shot out. But he always talks about, like, man, I was young. I, I'm remorseful. I shouldn't have done that. So if he actually got brought on to the Sixers staff, if he actually was employed by the, the team that made him a Hall of Famer, that he allowed him to have a Hall of Fame career, and they needed him to go to practice every day, I'm showing up to practice every day. This is not the same 25, 26, 27-year-old Allen Iverson who just got starstruck and just got all this fame and just got all this money. Like, he's, he's gone through all these experiences. He talks about it all the time. He's very outspoken about it. Like, he would go to practice. He would be nothing but of value to the Sixers. And by the way, Elton Brand in the front office is a former teammate. So like that, that's, that's a no way. If Allen Iverson wants to be around these players, ain't no way we're not making a spot for him. So not now, if yeah. he really wants to do it, now I'm calling out Elton Brand a little bit to, to kind of make that happen. But Matt, <laughs> real quick, real quick, wrap it up. Is AI speaking? Fast. I don't know how you can say no. He's got to be AI on the staff and some, it's just what the Sixers need now is a morale boost. All around, there's nobody better to give a morale boost to the Philadelphia 76ers than the than the person who understands Philly fans the most of anyone in my lifetime, and Allen Iverson. Yeah, absolutely. There's just no no if ands or buts about it. Thanks. All right, Quiddy, we we got we got he dropping the he dropping the bar too. Facts. He he get the brand. He get the brand. <laughs> we got one. We got one more segment, man. I know, I know you, I know you, you hoops guy, but you, you know some NFL too, right? We need to talk some football because it is, it is football season. For sure. You know what I mean, week, week five coming. I know you know my Tampa Bay Bucks are world champs, so I, I know you know I've been loving the NFL season so far. So we're yeah. gonna just do a little, a little week five preview, man. We're gonna be able to get our facts out. You chime in on the discussion and, and whatever. We'll throw, we'll throw some things your way. First game we're looking at is actually going to be Thursday night. And for once, it's a yo. For once, we get a good game, like a good ass game, man. Rams at Seahawks on Thursday night. Uh, these teams went opposite way in their division last week with a Rams loss and a Seattle win. The current NFC West standings are the Cardinals at four and zero, crazy. The last undefeated team in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals. The Rams three and one. The Seahawks two and two. 
the 49ers two and two. I mean, from off the bat, man, this is a, a team with a crazy high-powered offense and one team who loves to run the football effectively and take their shots whenever they can. But, Quiddy, who you got in this one, man? You got you got Rams and you got Seahawks. Who you going with? Man, I might – man, the Rams, they just lose last week. Man, I might have to go to Seattle at home. Um, that home field advantage has just been a thing for – as long as I can remember. Um, they look like they're getting their rhythm on offense, too. Uh, I think it'll be a shootout, you know, because the Rams can put points on the board, but I'm going to take Seattle on that one. Uh, don't know what the score might necessarily be, but I think it's going to be a high score. No, no, you, a rematch of the playoffs last year. The Rams beat Seattle in Seattle, but again, no fans. Right, right, right. Seattle fans will make a difference. And you're right about the, the, the shootout, Quiddy's defenses are, aren't exactly holding people to points. Seattle's defense has <laughs> the most yards in the league, while the Rams' defense has allowed the most yards in the league. You know, teams, teams are moving the ball, but, but Jake, who you got? Um, This is a – like, it's funny. If you ask me, I don't know, like seven days ago, I have a much different answer for you. I would probably say the Rams are going to scrape them. It's not going to be a game. In Seattle, though. In Seattle. Though. I mean, I don't know. I really – you know how I'm very – the Rams are the right. chiefs of the NFC. Like, I'm very high on the Rams, um, as I've stated in the past. But, like, now you're right. The home field advantage, uh, Seattle on the upswing, Rams kind of getting shut down by a Cardinals team that I didn't think could – could hold them like that. So uh, I still think the Rams get back on track here. I just think that they are the better team. Um, but, it, you know, it's a divisional game, NFC West. So, like, what I'm really happy about is my Thursday night football experience is not going to be watching Cincy versus the Jaguars, like, barf fest on Thursday night. No. We're actually going to get a, a nice game. We sent what probably would have been the Thursday night game to London. London gets the Falcons <laughs> yes. and the Jets. By the way. Quick tangent. Why does London not hate American football yet? They don't know anybody. Oh, my God. That, that's like London sending us, give me two bottom, bottom of the barrel. Watford versus Norwich. <laughs> I wish they would. When you got Messi and Ronaldo <laughs> running around over there, you're going to send us these two teams every, every week. I don't know why London doesn't hate American football. That's hilarious. But getting back to the Rams and the Seahawks, both offenses, top 10 this season um, in scoring. So, we, you know, it's setting up for a very good Thursday night game, which is good because I'll be editing this podcast and I have, you know, something to watch. Next, we're moving on to probably probably what could be the game of the year so far. And we've had some great games. But this, yeah. this could be the game of the year so far. Rematch of the AFC Championship game last year. The Bills at the Chiefs. Of course, it's going to be Sunday night. Al, Chris, and Michelle are going to be there in the whole game. It's going to be a good one. But Quiddy. Is it is it's get right time for the Chiefs? I don't know if you saw you saw one of my videos. It's, it's shaky, baby, a little bit. They got right against the Eagles against the Eagles this past Sunday. Now they yeah. run back to the gauntlet. Now they run back to the gauntlet in the Bills. Who you got, Bills or Chiefs? Yeah, that one's going to be another shootout. Chiefs win that one though. Um, they're also finding their rhythm on offense. The Bills. Bills are one of the better, more well-rounded teams in the league. Obviously, Josh Allen does his thing. Um, but I think another great matchup, another high-scoring game. Both teams may hit the 30s. Um, I think that's going to be one of them instant classic type 41-38 Chiefs end up winning. So, mm. like, and uh, yeah, yeah, I like Chiefs in that one. I, I will say, if, if it goes like the higher the game goes, the more win probability goes towards the Chiefs, in my opinion. But Matt. 
The Bills, the Bills got your DVOA stat, yep. man. DVOA, if you don't know, Cuddy, um, it's a stat that Football Outsiders puts out. Basically, it looks at every team on a play-by-play basis and, a, and basically determines who's the best on a play-by-play basis. And right now, the Bills rank number one in DVOA. A lot of that's because their defense is allowing less than 10 points per game, along with having the stay of the second-highest scoring offense in the NFL uh, the Bills are really taking that next leap. They were two years ago. They were a wild card team, got mm-hmm. bounced by the Texans. Last year, they went thirteen and three, made it to the AFC title game. I think right now they're the AFC favorites, and a lot of that I think is because the Chiefs' defense is horrible. It's really bad. It's absolutely horrendous. Uh, they're the fourteenth team in NFL history to allow more than twenty-eight points in their first four games of the season. The previous 13 all missed the playoffs. Now, the Chiefs are going to make the playoffs because those previous 13 teams didn't have Patrick Mahomes. Right. But if their defense remains this bad, they have no shot of retaining their AFC crown. And and here's the thing. It went from our defense has the luxury of Patrick Mahomes scoring 35 the game to now our defense, like Patrick Mahomes has to score 35 points a game. There, there's a difference. If he scores under that, they're, they're, they're going to lose the game. They're giving up. The Chiefs scored the game. a touchdown on six of their seven possessions on Sunday, and the game was close in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's, it's and that's different. That's, that's too much pressure on your defense now. That's, that's, that's different from, you know, or deeper just to take the game off. But, but Bills are Chiefs on Sunday night, Jake. This is usually a spot where – Kansas City will just come in, rough up. It'll be an exciting game, but down towards the end, Josh Allen will make a mistake, and Mahomes is just the better player, will beat them out of that. This year, I have a feeling that and, – and getting to see the Chiefs up close and personal, um, playing my Eagles last week helps. Like, this team, as we've all stated, like, they have a problem, problem on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bills this year are much more balanced on offense and defense. Um They've gotten their running backs active. Uh, I think it was uh, Singletary had like a really long run a couple weeks ago, and that's not something you would Singletary always And both of them. Zach Moss got, got loose last week too. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to take the Bills in this one. I wouldn't be shocked if Kansas City wins, but I, I think the Bills can announce themselves as the best team in football if they can go to Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. On Sunday. Even though the Chiefs are two and two, is, is it's still uh, Patrick Mahomes? Oh, the Chiefs still the team that if like the the statement win. Are they still the statement winning the NFL this season? I, I think it has to be, right? I mean, like, Tampa Bay, they are the defending Super Bowl champions. I won't take that away from your guys, but, like, they just scored 19 points against the Patriots. I win as a win, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I win, I win the, as a win, the baby. The past three years, the Chiefs have been uh, great, like, have been the team. They barely lost an AFC title game to the Patriots in overtime. When they won the Super Bowl, then they went to the Super Bowl. So right. they're the class of the NFL over the past three years. That's, that's very true. It's very true. All right, last one before we wrap up this episode. We got the Bears at the Raiders on Sunday. And the, and the reason why we're highlighting this one, one, the Raiders are a really good team, yo. I don't know if anyone's, anyone's like blinked and realized this, but, you know, Derek Carr, John Gruden, I'm actually got a team over there. And it's Justin Fields' time. Today, on Wednesday, Justin Fields, a fish with Matt Nagy, Woke up from whatever slumber he was in. Finally named, named Justin Fields the starter moving forward. I think that slumber was the owner calling him say, if you don't start this guy, you're fired. <laughs> I don't know what was going on, man. I just, I just, I, at one point it was Andy Dalton for the whole season. Then it was Justin. Then it was all three of them got a shot. It was Andy Dalton again. Now it's Justin. We're going to settle at Justin Fields. 
But Quiddy, does does Justin get his first win as as I guess the starter moving forward now? No, nah, they uh I got that one too. Are the Raiders undefeated? No, the Raiders are three and one, right? Three and one, yeah. Tough loss to the Chargers. But great a great game, but Yeah, I got the Raiders in that one. Um I don't know if it, I think Fields looked better this week. Did he how did they go quarterback uh rotation this week? Because I know they who they played Detroit. Um, and they beat the Lions. They they, they scored some points last week, um, but I just think the Raiders are a more complete team. Uh, you start to see that transition of the rookie, you know, really that welcome to the NFL game or moment, a couple of those moments in this game for him for sure. Um, I got the Raiders in that one. The Raiders got a good offense where the number two offense in the NFL through the first three weeks of the season came back down to earth. <laughs> Uh, last week against the Chargers, only 213 yards of total offense. But it's not like Justin Fields, you know, got you know a crazy offense himself. Only has one touchdown pass uh, so far this season. Um, Bears are the only team without a thousand total yards in the NFL. So it's time to get going. And that's it's a tough defense over. That's not an easy defense. You got Bears or Raiders. This is going to be Raiders by like 20. Um, I, the Bears are in some trouble, and I, I like Justin Fields as a player. Um, I don't think you can chalk all of their downfall up to the coach. Mm-hmm. A good portion of it probably should I'm going to give it a good 99%. I'm going right. to give it 99 <laughs> I don't think you can give it. I mean, like, he throws the ball. He's 11 for 17 last game. Like, that's pretty good. You'll, you'll take that out of the rookie. Um, no touchdowns and interception. But, like, I just don't think you can beat the way this Raiders team is built. I don't think you're beating them uh, just throwing 17 times a game. You're going to have to open up the offense a little bit more. And – I mean, we'll see. Maybe as the offense opens up, he feels a little freer in that offense, but I, I got the Raiders here big time. Really? Yeah. Matt, who you got? I'm not as sold on the Raiders as you guys are. I think they're pretty good, but it's still early. I think they're 8-9, and 9-8 nine, nine and kind of team. And I think Fields comes out of his shell, but this game, I think it's a close game, but Raiders, they're home. They'll eke out the win. I, I agree. There, there's... A difference when you get put into the game and you're still looking over your shoulder and you're playing the Browns with a terrible scheme, okay? You're, you're, you're going to look bad. Then you get a tune-up game against the Lions, and now it's time to go and you got the monkey off your back. I'm, I'm officially the starter. Now it's time to just go and play. And like I said before, you're not playing a team that has Miles Garrett on one side and Jadavian Clowney on the other. Fair. It's going to be a little bit easier to throw the football this game. I have an offensive coach instead of a defensive coach on the other side. Now, it's predicated on defense. They're predicated on outscoring me, not stopping me. I agree with you, Matt. Justin Fields breaks out of his shell a little bit. He plays with much more bravado. It's, it's, I think it's a like, – like, I believe in the kid. Yeah. Screw it. I'm going. I'm going I'm to take the Bears. I'm, I'm taking Jay Fields, uh, upsetting Chucky and them at the, de- at the Death Star, too. So, in, in Vegas – I got I got Justin Fields getting his first win as as the starting moving forward. I keep saying that, but he's already he's already started and gotten a win. But uh, before we move on, I just want to, as I always do here, pat myself on the back. Uh, in Kyle and I's preseason, we're talking about fantasy sleepers. You should know, my man Brian Edwards was one of my last guys. He was one of the deepest sleepers. And I don't know if you guys have caught Raiders games. He's been playing well. Hey, yeah. Okay, go ahead, get you one then. All right, go ahead, get you one then. All right, do I have to do? The, should I do the bet first before we do the countdown? Because I still have to get to that. I, I, Quiddy, I don't know if you if you watch if you tuned into our last episode of Straight Facts. 
I got a little. I got a little ahead of myself. What you said? What I happened? said that the, the bucket. I, I said the Buccaneers were going to go into the to Foxborough last week. I said we was going to win by two touchdowns. I said we was going to win by fourteen. I'm happy we got. I'm happy we got the sub. I, th- I thought, yeah, hey man, if it wasn't pouring down rain and we had to start Uncle Rich and Sherman, I think we do win by fourteen. But we didn't, and I bet my man Stat Matt here that we was going to win by fourteen. He said it was going to be a close game, and it wasn't. So I lost the bet, and now I have to. He's got a little. He's got a little paragraph for me, and I'm a man of my word. So I'm, I'm gonna read this paragraph, and I, I think this paragraph is on why Peyton Manning is the best play, best quarterback of all time, and not Tom Brady. That's what this is. All right, so here, here it goes. Here it goes. So, while Tom Brady is widely considered the GOAT, Peyton Manning will always be a better quarterback. Peyton Manning won seven first-team All-Pros to Tom Brady's three. Peyton Manning won five MVPs to Brady's three. Brady was blessed with better coaches, better players, and better luck. <clears throat> Brady has won seven Super Bowls because he has been the luckiest of all time, not because he has been the best. It is past time for me, James Jackson, to acknowledge that Peyton Manning was and always will be a better quarterback than Tom Brady. <laughs> Man of his word. Damn, that hurt, yo. <laughs> that, 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 that hurt a little bit. So, Quiddy, where do you where do you fall on that whole debate, man? Where are you? Who's the best quarterback of all time? Is it Tom Brady or is it Peyton Manning? Because I cannot believe he just made me read all of that. Yeah. Uh... I, I mean, Brady. Yeah, I'd go Brady for sure. Um, I wouldn't even go Peyton as like the next dude because I, I just feel like when you when they're on that level, you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like Brady's like the intangibles because there's so many guys that people say, oh, he has a better arm than Tom, or he can move better than Tom, and all that. But it's like I, when I watch Brady now. The more refined and me, like older, like watching the game, really examining it. it's like his footwork, his pocket presence, and all that goes such a long way into why he's so great and why he's able to play so long. So, with his resume, when you add that on top of it, it's just like for me, it's like you cannot put any other quarterback above him, no matter how much I hated him. Like. Those years when they beat us in the soup, they beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl in 2004, whatever it is, like I hated them throughout or whatever. Like, kind of like some of the things you're saying about luckiest, and he's probably had g- good luck in this situation or had this receiver or had a dominant defense this year or whatever the case is. Just like the he's consistency. Still <laughs> he's still him. He's still him. See, uh, I don't want to do right, that. So, like, I don't Countering back all of them saying. No, we're not. This was not supposed to happen. We were not supposed to go down this rabbit hole. I'm mad that you made me like do that. Do that. This was your opportunity to, to, to get all this in. That's not what this was. So my, my bad. So 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 in Peyton, I feel like I feel like there was time. Like I was a bit younger, but I feel like there was a time where like he was getting to that first second round and losing. And obviously, football is a team sport. It's way tougher to actually make it to the Super Bowl and win every year, but I feel like he was kind of hitting walls every year, whereas Brady was like, Brady did have that little period where he wasn't winning, but then it, it's just like that consistency over like eight, nine years at a time where he just dominates. That's what. That's why he's the best to me. It's, it's real simple like that. All right. No concert yep. no in this episode, so Matt, you're going to have to leave us to the countdown. Yep. Uh, so, guys, uh, we're going to head to uh, 
Yeah, it's so hard, ain't it? Yeah, it's not. It's not. <laughs> go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. So, guys, it. we're going to head down to the countdown. Here we go. Number five. The Cardinals are the fifth team in NFL history to have 30-plus points and 400-plus yards in the first four games of the season. The previous four teams all made the Super Bowl. Let me tell you what, watching this Cardinals team. It's unlocked. It, it really – and it's funny it's because – Kyler Murray, I, I, did, I never knocked him. I thought he was going to be a good player. But his career path, like, mirrors Russell Wilson's, even down to, like, the almost playing baseball part, yeah. the way they play, watching him run around. He spins around, throw it, and it'll just be D-hop in the corner of the end zone. He really – he has a shot to win MVP this year. Like, I, he, he might be the leader in the clubhouse. I was about to say, I, I think he's leader to win MVP right now, especially, you know, beating the Rams, beating the left. Only he probably is. Like, yeah, he's, he's probably the, the MVP front runner right now. Number four. The number of QBs to beat all 32 NFL teams. That's Brett Favre, your beloved Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. And it's, it's funny. This is a longevity stat, but there's only – there's like four – also a change team stat. There, uh, and a change team stat because you can't beat all 32 teams if you stay on the same team. But, like – No, but a lot of quarterbacks do that. Say it again? There's a lot of no, I'm saying a lot of quarterbacks change teams and they still don't beat all 32. So can't say that. <laughs> can't just throw that. Yeah, like Rogers can't out there. beat all 32 unless he leaves the Packers. Which that's happening. This we, we yeah can, we can big on that happening next season. But I mean, it's it's the, those four quarterbacks. I mean, that's that does that Mount Rushmore? That's not Mount Rushmore. Not Mount Rushmore. It's, Rushmore. It can't be because we don't have, we don't have a Montana of an Elway. But those those are five of the top. Elway's not on the Mount Rushmore. Six of, why does he do this? So what, the, what do you mean John Elway is on the Mount Rushmore no, we quarterback? Have, we have two of the Mount Rushmore. We have Manning and Brady. I'm not going down. I'm not, I'm not letting you win. I'm not letting you win with that one. We're going to move on. I'm not letting you win. Number three. <laughs> the number of consecutive times the Red Sox have beaten the Yankees in the playoffs, that being 2004, 2018, and 2021. Um, so if you're, like, college-aged – I guess like this is like you know Yankees fans love to flash the rings. They love to flash how good they've been since like you know if you're 25, the Red Sox have been way better. Oh, like, way way better. Um, one <laughs> since 2000. So like it's just like I, I don't know. I, I hate when like you know you see Yankees fans take to Twitter like oh. But we still got 27 rings. First off, you didn't play in any of those games. We like, you, you remember where right, we <laughs> they have 27 rings. Right. Babe Ruth and them got all them rings. Yeah, right. I'm tired of it, man. I'm tired. I of mean, it's it's funny. It's like you know it's the like Cowboy fans are age going like we got five Super Bowls. Like you don't remember any of them. Yeah. I mean, it's the handshake meme, right? Like Red Sox fans, Phillies fans, screw the Yankees. Yeah. So I guess it's it's the one time that we can all meet and, and sing kumbaya. Number two. The number of quarterbacks who have started all four games this season and have yet to throw an interception, that's Russell Wilson. And how about Teddy Throzevelt? That's still, by the way, the greatest nickname I've ever heard in sports. Teddy B. Teddy B, Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Bridgewater. Quitty, man, I got to bring you in on this one. Teddy Two Gloves, the only man. Teddy Two Gloves, one of the only two to not throw an interception, man. Like, 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 is is that, is is Teddy Throzevelt that guy? Is, is 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 he going? Is he going to take the Broncos to the playoffs this year? He got it. I mean, Teddy Two Gloves is funny. That got it for sure. Teddy Two Gloves. He definitely is he the only quarterback that because that kills me every time. But um, yeah, yeah, he got he, it. Right? He's one of I guess he's gonna take care of the football. He gonna manage the game. You know, the prototype, the Alex Smith type when he was with the 49ers, like one of them dudes, but. Um, I don't know about the the real deal, and I, I think he he ain't gonna make 
many mistakes, but he's also not going to make those that those play. Like he, he's relying on a running game and a probably like a dominant receiver and then a defense as opposed to a, a guy that can make guys better. So um, I'd have to look at the division a little bit more, but I think the Chargers are better than them. Um, Chargers, Chiefs, Raiders, and not the Raiders. No, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, right now, we're in Chiefs 2 and 2. 2 and yeah. 2 right now. Everyone else is 3 and 1. Just going to doop, 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 and just drop teams <laughs> from slots. And then, then you got, yeah, yeah, I don't think they make the playoffs. Mm, tough. That's a tough nope. right there, man. It's a crazy division. I agree. Number one. Uh, the number of new teams in the NHL this year, the Seattle Kraken. And let me tell you what, this is the perfect opportunity. Go ahead, get it all out now. Because go ahead, get all hockey out now. I have no you This is the time. The Sacramento Kings and put them in that new stadium. And then Seattle gets their team back. You can change into the Sonics. Seattle deserves a team. Uh, and there you go. I'll get off my soapbox. There you uh, go. Just pick up the kicks. Move them somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. A- absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Sacramento, Charlotte, Oklahoma City. Just take a pick. Take, take a pick. Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, City move yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. Just, just move them right back. All right, man. We're almost out of time for this episode of Straight Facts. We can get some shots about the buzzer. Quitty. I, I won't come to you first because we ain't we ain't getting you hip to this. But at the end of every uh, end of every episode, we do something called at the buzzer, where you get about a minute, you know, thirty seconds to a minute, whatever you want to get off your chest, man. It could be literally anything in the world, unfiltered, um, or you know, it's a good time to kind of plug yourself, what you're doing, where people can find you. But we'll, we'll go around the horn and I'll come back to you, give you a little bit of time, give you a little bit of time. But for sure, for sure. Jake or Matt, you got something to say at the buzzer? Uh, so if you remember last week, I forgot until like the very last second what I wanted to say, yeah. and it was about Tyrese Maxey, Philadelphia, we're going to be all right because he's a player. Um, so I was looking, I, as you, as we all know, I am a degenerate uh, gambler, yeah, uh, for better or for worse. <laughs> and so I was taking a look at most improved player odds, and on DraftKings, you can find Tyrese Maxey at 45 to 1 to win that award. Uh, I put a decent-sized bet in on it for the reason if he is the Sixers' main ball handler, like if they don't trade Ben and Ben sits at least half the year, maybe even the whole year, there's no reason that he can't, A, improve his stats to where like, okay, now he's, oh, he's, he's improved his stats, improve the team standing, and then a lot of the, uh, I don't know, improvement the first seed last year, but in terms of the, the fit of the team, and then a lot of the guys who win this award are in new this So 45 to me, like, I'm riding with my man, Tyrese Maxey. They call that putting all your emotional eggs. Then yes. Yeah, no, you're right. About that. Absolutely. Yeah, I, got, I got two things, both quick. <laughs> First one is the Zodiac Killer was found. The what? Zodiac Killer. You've never heard of the Zodiac Killer? A little late on that one. They made a movie about him. That and is he- actually kind of crazy. You never, like, heard him passing? Like, like, no, no, like one's even, no one's even put those two words together. He's like a major serial killer. They made a movie about him. He's dead. He Quinny, you know who the Zodiac Killer is? Am I the only one? It was, but I'm happy. He, so he's dead? Is he, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he died yeah, in 2018. And it just came out that he, there's a picture of him wearing a Vikings hat. Meaning oh, no. that 
So if he died in 2018, the last Vikings game we saw was 38 to seven. Eagles beat down in the FC Champions. We put him down, baby. Fill so, up the Eagles, put him down. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, the, the, I like to think the think the pressure of that beatdown killed him. Wait, so okay. the Philadelphia Eagles killed his idiot killer. All right. And the last thing I want to say is, listen to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar when he has something to say. He's such a great. He's so good at talking about difficult topics in a way that makes sense and is so smart about a million different things. And it's a blessing that we have him as an NBA ambassador. Right, and, and just a global and human ambassador yeah. uh, for all of that. I'll go. Mine's kind of quick, too. I got. I want to I wanna give props to another unk. That's Uncle Richard Sherman. Man, let's, first of all, before I say this, unk got cooked. I mean, unk, unk got treated on Sunday night. But then I took into con- you know, consideration and the context all that Richard Sherman had to do in that week. One, he had to negotiate himself a, a one-year contract, which we know it's just when you're going, you know, no representation up against the establishment. It's just never an easy thing to do. Okay. So he gets that out of the way, you know, gets onto the Buccaneers. Then he has to hop on a plane from California to Tampa Bay on Tuesday, practice for about two and a half days, hop on another plane and go from Tampa Bay to New England, do a walkthrough with no pads, no hitting, no nothing, then go play on a miserable Sunday night game and get to your former team and the crowd, it's the crazy environment, you're going to get their best game, Bill Belichick is all fired up. Like, that's hard to do. And then, by the way, in the middle of the game, you're the number two corner, the number one corner goes down, you slide over to the number one corner slide. Like, that's that's not easy to do. He didn't hurt himself, he didn't give up a big play, and he actually recovered a fumble and got himself a turnover. So... For, for Richard Sherman watched a lot of tape yesterday and today. Most of it's not that good. But he didn't see anything that directly led to a loss. He wasn't a detriment to our team when he was out there. He just looked like a cornerback who was 34 years old and has been with the team for four days. That's just what it looked like. So, Unc, I get, I get it. Unc. You tried to go out on the field with all the nephews and you got cooked up one time. But I, but I appreciate you being there, my guy. We needed you in the darkest of times. He's been there. He's still got to be our number one corner because we didn't get Stephon Gilmore. So you, st- Unk, you still there. I won't be so gracious if you get cooked again because now you got time to practice. But Quiddy, you got anything to say at the buzzer? Yeah, for sure. Um, just kind of like it's kind of piggybacking off the combo we already have, but just like how you were asking me about my after college years because I feel like this can happen to a lot of guys mm-hmm. where it's like we kind of grow up in the mentality of like, oh, we want to make the NBA. And it kind of – there was probably like – in the high school, going into college, I started to realize, okay, no, like you're going to Division three, like you're not really. I was smaller too going into college, so I didn't really get, you know, as much interest as I thought I should have had. But once you realize you're not playing professionally, I feel like a guy, a lot of guys get discouraged, kind of like I did. So it's just kind of like for me, I always look at it now, like if I was just playing, if I never got discouraged and I continue to stay on my grind and I played 23, 24, 25 to now me being 26. I would have had a different career path than what I'm doing now, whereas I'm getting back into it at 26. So it's kind of like two messages here that, you know, if you're in my position, you still can tap back in, you know, like I've been doing, getting in the gym every single day, getting that, you know, grit, that passion, all that stuff back, putting it back, investing it back into myself. But also that, you know, if you don't, if you kind of hit that wall, like you got to keep punching, right? You got to exhaust all the avenues you have to to get where you have to get to. Because I'm pretty sure in you guys' lives, like, obviously the situations aren't the exact same, but there are situations where, you know, you may get told no. 
you know, initially, and you just got to, it kind of makes you tap in and really just go a little bit harder. So um, kind of that's the mission, that's the kind of mission and the mindset I'm, I'm, I'm on right now. Um, if I'm tapping myself in real quick, you can follow me at quitslang3 on Instagram. Uh, on Twitter, it's quit underscore buckets3. Um, and like I said, everything is um, everything's about the work and the grind right now. Like I said, I'm trying to get to that professional level. I know I have the skill. I have the skill set. I play, the, I play with the best guys in the world. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Don't, you know, don't tap out. Don't give out. Give up on what you love to do in your dreams and uh, stay consistent with whatever you do. Remain, stick to the plan. Stay focused. That's 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 Chris Johnson hoops sure. right there, man. That's close, that's close sports right there. That's 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 as good as it gets. Quitty, man. Appreciate you so much for coming on the pod. You dropped a lot of gems, bro. You, you the, the streets gonna be happy that you came and dropped all that knowledge. But that's all the time for we yes, got sir. for this episode of Straight Facts. Again, it was a good one for my guy. One Kyle Sarek. We didn't talk about Kyle not here with us. For my guy, Kyle Sarek had work tonight. My guy is Jake Galley, Stat Matt Robinson, and Quiddy Slanger. I'm James Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up. Yeah, straight up. Let's get it.